Welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, starring award-winning real estate coaches and number one international best-selling authors, Tim and Julie Harris. Real Estate Coaching Radio is the nation's number one daily radio show for realtors who demand authentic, real-time coaching. Get ready for fluff-free, unfiltered, full-strength honesty about what's truly working to get you into action, helping others, and making money now in today's real estate market. Now to our hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Welcome back. I'm going to get right back into our points. I'm hoping to get through two or three of these points today. Fifteen crazy obvious truths we forget too quickly before I do. I want to thank all of you for your continued support of our show. It has continued to be, and um, I have, this is now going on the second or third year where it's the number one daily listen-to podcast just for the real estate industry. And something that happened about 18 months ago, which I'm thrilled about as we started picking up listeners that were not in the real estate industry, and I know many of you listening are maybe uh, real estate curious, <laughs> um, and also those of you who are longtime grizzled veterans like Julie and myself who have been in the industry for decades and decades, I also appreciate your support. Remember, guys, if you ever need us for anything, you can always email us directly Tim at Tim and Julie Harris or Julie at Tim and Julie Harris.com. Um, and if you want a free coaching call for those of you who are in the real estate industry, which is 99% of you, just go to free coaching calls for agents.com. Before I get to my next point, I want to cover a couple questions I received actually this morning. The first question is, and I apologize to all of you for not uh, talking about this more often, is that um, Harris Coach, uh, we have a uh, I don't know how to describe it other than an opportunity for all of you to get into the coaching business and own your own coaching business. This is what we're calling Harris Certified Coach Affiliate. So Harris Certified Coach Affiliate is literally you owning your own coaching practice. Um, and we essentially give you all the systems, all the processes, all the content. We license it to you, and then you own your own coaching business, and you make your money from coaching. You can, and it, I don't want to go into a big, long, breathy explanation of it, but that's the gist of it. When we first started um, talking about this idea about a year ago, and then we launched the program probably about, I think it's maybe been about four months ago, I knew it was going to be successful. I knew there was a lot of agents out there that were looking for another source of income that wasn't dependent on real estate transactions. So if you are interested in that program, um, we are going to be opening the doors in that program again. We've um, The first time we did it four months ago, we didn't want to allow any more than 50 agents to enroll. We had something like 100 applications. 50 of them got gobbled up, and then we uh, formed a wait list. So I promised all of you that we would uh, be opening the program again as the first batch graduates, as the first group of Harris Certified Coach affiliates graduate and they get their certifications. Then we're going to start again with a new class. So if you're interested in being part of that, if you're interested in owning your own coaching business, um, yeah, email me directly, tim at timandjulieharris.com, and I'll forward you to Andrew, um, and he'll answer any questions that you will have about the program. There's also a link that gives just a ton of FAQs on the main website. If you just go to timandjulieharris.com, go to programs, hit the pull-down menu, and then just look for Harris Certified Coach Affiliate, and you'll be able to answer all your questions there. Um, Harris Certified Coach Affiliate, the whole idea, the concept behind uh, the um, program is that you can create, again, another source of income by doing what you're already doing. So you're leveraging relationships you already have. You're going out into the real estate community. You're going to be able to do speaking events and things like that. And, again, we lay it all out for you. If you're interested, just email me directly, and I'll connect you with Andrew. Or you can just go right to our website 
Um, and it's timandjulieharris.com if you want to email me. It's tim at timandjulieharris.com. All right, so the next question that I've been receiving a lot from folks is about money management. A lot of you guys have earned more money this year than you ever have in your careers, um, and I'm getting a lot of interesting questions about those of you who are kind of coming to the end of the year realizing that you haven't done any real good financial planning. A lot of you guys have uh, just discovered our podcast. You don't realize that a good bit of what we discuss on the podcast is how to be rich, where your money works for you, you no longer work for your money, and the number one rule for that is manage your own money first. In other words, you don't necessarily, and this is the mistake I see a lot of you making, and this is what I'm responding in your emails, in the emails back to you, don't just basically assume your accountant's going to have your back. And absolutely don't assume anybody that's quote-unquote managing your money or any kind of financial planner is going to have your back. Um, the financial planning industry, the money manager industry, whatever you know, label and definition you want to give them, those guys are salespeople. At the end of the day, they're going to sell you things that make them the most amount of money. And I really ask you to not um, invest or really uh, take the advice completely of anybody until you've done your own homework because you're not going to have anybody ever watch your money and help you build wealth um, at, like you think they will. A professional, at the end of the day, again, sorry for saying end of the day all the time, but it's so true, their job is to get the transaction complete, get your taxes done, get your investment portfolio in place, not necessarily uh, what's best for you. So go back and listen to past podcasts where Julie and I talk about this. We also talk about this a lot in our book, um, Harris Rules, which is on Amazon, which continues to be a bestseller. So go there, research this yourself. As far as the financial stuff goes, I'll tell you what um, a shortcut, a hack, if you get, you guys like that word, but it's a hack, is go to um, – uh, see, what is – I have to remember now. It's a John Vogel who started Vanguard Funds. Um, there, oh, it's Bogle, it's Bogle, it's Bogleheads.com. And Julie, who's not on the podcast today, normally spells it for me, and I'm going to make sure it's right. B-O-G-E-L-H-E-A-D-S. I'm going to see if that's right. It might be .org. We'll find out here in a second. As Mr. Amazon – or I'm sorry, as Mr. Google does this thing. Come on, Mr. Google. Get it going. It's the fact that it's taking up this long to tells me I did it wrong. All right, so let's go to um, – and what this is, is I, you know what? Here, here's the, here's the hack for this. Go to Google, and I want you to put in – I'm going to do it right now. Three fund portfolio. There it is. Three fund portfolio, um, and then it's going to take you to, yep, the first thing that comes up. So this is on Google. Just put in three fund portfolio, and it's going to take you to bogleheads.org, B-O-G-L-E-H-E-A-D-S dot O-R-G. So as I was trying to explain in three or four emails today, um, Julie and I know some guys that are professional money managers. They run um, – long story short is they run these big billion-dollar – in some case, one guy runs a, over a billion dollars. He runs a, a management uh, – a private family uh, management company where he just manages this one particular family's assets – and when and there was a few other guys we know as well. We know all these guys casually, not professionally. And so when I was uh, Julie and I were putting together the content for our new book, which is coming out literally in about a year from today, uh, and there's a whole section on investing. What I did because we wanted to come up with a really good, solid, easy to understand way for you guys to start investing your money is that uh, we went to these guys, and we just asked them. And we didn't ask the normal guys that are on the corners of the streets and, you, you know, as far as, like, uh, you know, your normal storefront-type money manager types, because those guys, again, they're just salespeople. They're going to try to sell you their, the, the uh, products that they have for sale because it makes the most amount of commission. you really got to understand that. 
remember the day back in the 80s they used to be called stockbrokers and then everyone figured out a stockbroker is nothing other than a salesperson trying to sell you a stock well they've just rebranded themselves and they're still essentially salespeople nothing wrong with salespeople nothing wrong with people making commission don't misunderstand me but the problem is is that most people not just real estate folks don't understand all the bazillions of different ways that those guys make money and your goal with your savings that you've worked your ass off for is to have that compound for you so that you have a ever-increasing nest egg. That's the goal, right? So I went to these investment guys, and these are guys that are completely on a different level that normal civilians only read about. And I asked them the question, for somebody who is you know, a normal John and Joe, and they want to save money, what should they do? And here's the thing that fascinated me. All three of them said the same thing. They said that they have never um, – Anytime you hear about anybody bragging about, and it doesn't matter if it's a big institutional investor or a small institutional investor, or even a you know guy who's you know like I said a, a fancy salesperson telling you that he's a, your money manager. Anytime those guys t uh, talk about doing better than uh, what the the averages are for the stock market at that particular time, they're probably trying to sell you something that you don't want, something that has ridiculous fees, or something that was just a one-time flash in the pan that will turn around to bite you. I'm not a financial manager, guys, but uh, in our book we go into a lot more detail about this, but they all said the same thing. They said, you, and this is what I'm telling you now, so write this down, I already told you once, go to uh, boggleheads.org, and I want you to read about the three-fund portfolio. They said that a lot of the institutional investors will go to uh, Vanguard, index, Vanguard, Vanguard sales index funds. A lot of you don't know what index funds are. Write it down. Research it yourself. This is your job. Remember I said you have to be your own money manager. Uh, so what a lot of these big money manager types do is they go to Vanguard. They see which index funds that Vanguard's selling that are doing the best. They see what the stocks are that make up that index fund, and they will just copy that, um, fund, that stock allocation when they're giving individual advice. So in other words, the guy that you're paying $1,000, $2,500 to put together this big plan for you, all he's doing is copying what Vanguard is doing. That's what he, they said most of these money manager types do, and I thought that was kind of hilarious. And then they told me this. They said when you do essentially a three-fund portfolio, and then they, two of them told me to tell you guys to go to Bogleheads, and that's what I've done. They said when you do that, chances are you are going to uh, essentially have the same, if not better, results than billionaires who are using these highfalutin you know, hedge fund manager types. That's very interesting to me. That's fascinating that um, – those guys from those perches in the industry can uh, say with absolute clarity that for the most part their industry is full of folks that are just essentially charlatans. They're not real professionals. They're just salespeople who've been trained to sound – it's like that commercial on TV where that – you guys know what I'm talking about? Where someone walks into a room and there's this guy looking all you know fancy and all, everything, and all, it's a, it, it, and all of a sudden it's an Ameritrade commercial, and all of a sudden – um, you know, he asked, "Would you listen to me for financial advice?" And the and the people, the unknowing, unwitting kind of accomplice to this uh, commercial says, "Yes, I would." And then the guy says, "Well, guess what? I I'm I just I'm a like a you know a, a waiter or something. I actually don't know anything about financial advice." So that was good evidence that people make decisions in those financial situations not based on knowledge, but based on just wanting to get it behind him. It's like going to the doctor. So that's one of the biggest reasons why I always ask you guys to be your own best financial advisor. All of you are smart enough to know how to do this. 
All of you are smart enough to basically follow the breadcrumbs that we've left out for you. So now that's your job to manage your own money. Same goes with taxes. So for those of you who are experiencing these windfalls in your businesses, who are making all this money for the first time, if you want that money to grow for you, if you want that money to, if you want to send that money out and then have it bring back other money, you're going to have to be really smart about that. Don't just do what everybody else does. Don't just hit the easy button and, and essentially follow, uh, you know, listen to anybody else other than yourself. You can take notes from other people, take notes from what I'm telling you, but do your own homework. Don't just universally say, Tim said this, I'm going to do this. No, that's not, the, that's not what I'm wanting to do. You have to be smart. Otherwise, maybe you'll listen to me this time and I give you guys great advice and you follow it and it works out well. Well, then maybe 24 months from now, because you haven't gotten any smarter about how to make your own decisions, you listen to somebody else who doesn't have your best interest at heart, and then you end up following bad advice and you end up basically losing. That's what I'm talking about. That's the reason you need to get smarter yourself. So, again, congratulations to all of you who are having your best years ever financially, but now it's your job to essentially manage your own money. Um, okay, so the last question I have a lot of basically is where we're buying real estate. We're not buying real estate right now. Julie and I have leveled off for the rest of the year probably because we think there's going to be buying opportunities going into 2019 and 2020. It feels like to us midway through 2019, that's when the good buying opportunities for residential houses are going to start popping up again. Um, we have an article that's going live on timandjulieharris.com that's talking about the best places in the country to buy real estate. But again, this is one of those conversations we've had two or three times on the show. So if you want to listen to the specific areas of the country where we were buying real estate and we will buy real estate again, uh, just go to uh, timandjulieharris.com, go to podcasts and listen there. Or of course, you can listen to iTunes or on Stitcher. Um, but I'll tell you the real simple formula is the three largest institutional investors that have been buying residential homes around the country, uh, American Homes for Rent, and there's you know a couple others. We literally went to their websites and we looked to see where they were buying because you have to assume and those guys are not they're buying to hold, they're not buying to flip. These are companies that are very well funded that are buying literally properties to hold on forever because they're getting an 8-plus percent. I did the math on their, what they're buying. That's what they buy, 8-plus percent cash on cash return. So we were looking in the same exact areas. And here's what's fascinating. They're buying in markets that many of you have never heard of before. They're buying in uh, places like Indianapolis, Indiana. You've heard of Indianapolis, Indiana before, but they're buying in specific areas. They're buying in specific areas of Char Charlottesville, North Carolina. So they're doing massive research as to far as the economic stability and the future growth patterns of those particular communities, and that's where they're investing. Don't overthink the idea of owning real estate uh, that's not in your own backyard. You don't need to – we have – Julie and I have uh, uh, homes that we've literally never seen before, and we don't need to see. We, you can hire a manager. What we generally do – again, we've talked about this endlessly on past podcasts – is we hire someone to lease it, and then we manage it ourselves. And you can manage something remotely. People do it all the time. It's don't overthink it. Again, past podcasts to kind of talk yourselves off the edge. Some of you are very curious or very fearful about not owning or about owning something that's in your backyard. Um, and the other thing is, is uh, one last little tip on that: don't try to buy in an up-and-coming area in a market like this, because problems is problem is in an up-and-coming area. During a market shift, which we're going to be experiencing in earnest over the next two years, you're going to um, often see those areas uh, completely and totally retreat back to the way they were. So buy in solid, predictable, boring, single-family type communities, and you really can't go wrong. All right, so 
I'm going to go through a few points. And I want you guys to write these down. I'm trying to remember where we were yesterday. Okay, 15 obvious crazy truths. Okay, here we go. Here's the next one. I really like this one. Um, the easy button, shortcuts, and workarounds are not the solution. And here's a quote from Jim Rohn that Julie wrote down for me. Anything worth doing, seeing, having, or being is going to require a level of sacrifice. Achieving your ambitions requires the concentration of inspired effort. Stop trying to skip steps. Do not wish it were easier. Wish it were better. Jim Rohn. That's great, right? Um, so I had an interesting coaching call the other day. This was a new client. This is someone that hired me to be their own personal coach. And if you guys want to talk about Julie and I being your own personal coach, um, I probably have three spots open, and Julie probably does too. We don't take on a lot of personal clients, but email us directly, Tim at TimAndJulieHarris.com or Julie at TimAndJulieHarris.com, um, and you can talk with uh, Tom, and he'll uh, you know, give you the details. But I was, it was interesting. I had this conversation with this new client. This is somebody who's very successful. He's a multimillionaire. He's a single-digit millionaire, but you know, still multimillionaire. And um, he told me that, in essence, that he has made – like he was tell, rattling off all the mistakes he made, all the mistakes in his business he made. Then he, he, he told me all the mistakes in his personal life he made. And trust me when I tell you, this dude made a lot of mistakes. He's been married twice. You know, he uh, it just he had like two little fortunes that he built and lost. He's built a team. Turned out, hey, guess what? Teams didn't work. He went back to being a listing agent, but he lost all kinds of money in the last. You guys get the idea. He overinvested in real estate. He took out too much debt. I mean, the guy's list of of, of bad decisions was long. And so I asked him what was the lo- what was the one thing that was common amongst all those bad decisions. And he didn't have an answer, and frankly, when I asked the question, I didn't have an answer. But then it dawned on me, almost at the same time it dawned on him. Every one of those bad decisions, and I want you all to remember this, was uh, predicated on the easy button. In other words, he made those bad decisions based on the desire to take a shortcut. I think that's fascinating to me. And that created, obviously, a great conversation between the two of us, whereas you know, the question I asked after that is, where in your life right now are you trying to take the shortcut? Where in your life right now are you trying to hit the easy button? And then I asked them the last question of our 30-minute uh, coaching call, where in your life aren't you trying to hit the easy button? And he had no answers to that. So in other words, what he was doing is his life and the way he, his brain was wired, fortunately he's a uh, he's trying to rewire it, was to always look for shortcuts, always look for the easy button, always look for the way not to actually have to learn the skill or do the work. And that's what so much of our industry has become. So here's a question I have for all of you podcast listeners. What is the one thing that's common amongst all your bad decisions? (laughs) Right? What's the one thing that's common amongst all the bad decisions you've ever made in life? It's because chances are those bad decisions were made based on your desire to take a shortcut, to hit the easy button. Or I'll say also sometimes to have like instant satisfaction, which could also be argued instant satisfaction through drugs and alcohol or instant satisfaction through all those other types of you know, carnal things that people do. Those are also trying to take the easy button. They're also, that's also trying to essentially shortcut the real work of life. And if that's something that you're ready to accept, the epiphany that you're willing to have is that you are never going to achieve meaningful, lasting experience, uh, success, happiness, wealth, health, if you're, if you're always going to succumb to your natural predile- uh, precollection to hit the easy button. If that is a real 
that is real shock to most of our systems. And, um, you know, that's a place where I want all of you guys to go in your minds. Ask yourself the same question I asked him. Where in your life are you, have you hit the easy button in the past where it's worked out? Maybe there have been some short-term gains from uh, taking shortcuts. But for the most part, haven't you noticed that the things that are the most meaningful in your life? Now, there are things that you guys have put lots of effort into, all of us have, you know, that has resulted in uh, an unbelievable level of success, of happiness, of health, of wealth, and of all the other things that matter in our lives. But it took a lot of effort, and it probably took a hell of a lot longer than you thought it would. It probably took a lot, of, lot longer than you thought it would, and you probably had constant streams of doubt in your mind that it would ever work for you long term. Isn't that interesting? So in your real estate business, bringing this home, where are you hitting the easy button? Right now we're in our real house, aren't we? Where are you hitting your easy, Where are you hitting the easy button in your real estate business? Everywhere is the answer, isn't it? You're hitting the easy button when it comes to lead generation. That's the biggest sin in our industry right now. It has become normalized to buy leads, normalized to never know how to generate your own business, normalized to buy buyer leads. Let me tell you, folks. Buying buyer leads is the height of insanity. I promise you, 10 years from now, when people are looking back at all the agents who are spending literally billions of dollars per year buying buyer leads from you know, Zillow and Realtor.com, the industry, you as an individual, look back and laugh because it seemed like such a joke that people were willing to do this. Why? Because buyer leads are the easiest thing in the world to get for free. You do not have to run digital advertising. You do not have to learn the latest this, that, and the other thing. You do not have to play all these gimmicks and hit all these easy buttons. If you want buyer leads, here's the easiest way that everyone can do it. And we have a very detailed plan on how to do this on uh, Premier Coaching. Hey, old school guys, go do a damn open house. In most markets, you can choose a first-time type buyer house in a nice area. Doesn't I don't have any listings, Tim. I get it. Hold somebody else's listing open. Nobody in my brokerage has a listing, Tim. You're a hardhead. You're going to try to give me a hard time. No problem. Call up another agent and another broker and ask if you can hold their listing open. Why would they want you to let you hold the listing open? Because it will make the seller happy. That's why. What happens to the buyer leads you generate from them? Do you have to pay that listing agent a referral fee? No. Why would you? You did the work. That doesn't make any sense. And if a listing agent thinks that they're entitled to a referral fee, hold another house open. That listing agent's a moron. Move on. The point is, is if you want to generate listing or buyer leads for free, do an open house. Start doing open houses as a rule. Scale the idea. Go to new construction sites. Go to the new construction gal that's sitting in that trailer or that spec house and ask her, hey, do you want a day off occasionally? <laughs> do you want to take Saturday and Sunday off? I'll tell you what. I'll sit in here for you for free. How many buyer leads will you peel off sitting in there? And how many of those buyers have houses to sell? Guys, the list of ways to generate uh, buyer leads is endless, and yet so many of you hit the easy button and you go with uh, obvious, you know, okay, I'm just going to buy my buyer leads. I'm going to wait for my buyer leads to show up from Zillow. Oh, now Zillow is going to pre-qualify my buyer leads. They're going to try to give them mortgages. They're going to then uh, charge me a referral fee for the fact that I wasn't even willing to call the buyer lead up and follow a simple pre-qual script and determine that buyer's motivation. You guys get the insanity of it all? So all these easy button things that have become normalized in the business are ruining your potential because you're never going to learn the skills to do the work yourself and you're always going to be dependent. And as a result of that, those companies are going to continuously raise uh, the prices on you. All the while, they don't have to increase the results. 
because you're dependent because you don't know what else to to do. You can't do it yourself. The ultimate way to get buyer leads for free is going to be not pay referral fees, not buy them, not do any little online this is or the other things, is to take one listing, put your sign in the yard, and use something like 1-800-HOME-HOTLINE.COM, 1-800-HOME-HOTLINE.COM, to capture buyer leads. And you'll capture buyer leads all day long. The best buyers always have and always will be the ones driving neighborhoods. Those are the ones, the least qualified, least motivated buyers are the ones that are looking online. Are you listening, listeners? The crappiest leads that you can buy are the ones you're buying. The best leads you can get are the ones that are driving neighborhoods. It's a natural sifting and sorting system that's been proven. This is how you look, too. People start online, okay, granted. Then after that, what happens is they decide on maybe a community. Then they decide on a specific neighborhood. Then they decide on maybe three or four streets. And then what happens is they drive there. They look for open houses. They just, you know, determine this is the perfect area for us. It's the right driving distance from school, church, mosque, synagogue, whatever. This is where they want to live. They decide to, that's it. They start driving neighborhoods. They see the sign. They are What's the behavior? They are calling the listing agents and working directly with listing agents. The behavior of buyers has changed radically because all these portals and all these companies who have been doing this little bait and switch about who the listing agent is on the listing pictures on their websites, the buyers are wise to it. The buyers who have clicked those little boxes said, yes, I'm interested in your house, in that listing, and then had that buyer call back or that agent call back who on the website made themselves appear because that's how the website set up, made themselves appear that it was their listing. That buyer then is saying, you weren't the listing agent. You don't know anything about this house. Everything you're saying, I could have read myself right out of the MLS, or out of the, the description. And then they don't want to work with you because they don't trust you. And then you, as the agent, says, you know what? I'll just put them in my long-term lead follow-up system. This is another easy button idea that has become normalized. Long-term lead follow-up, for the most part, is a waste of money and a waste of time. That has been proven continuously. And I want to use your brain. This is common sense. Because the, the buyers that most of you put in these long-term lead follow-up systems who basically get dripped on for years and you know, months and years are the least motivated, least qualified ones, and they're being entered into dozens of different long-term lead follow-up systems from all the different agents that they have con- uh, connected with. The agent who gets the sale is going to be the agent that has the house open, has the sign in the yard as the listing agent, who's in the community already. Everything will always circle around listings. Everything will always circle around being a listing agent. And here's another easy button. I can give you guys these easy buttons forever, but you're all doing them and you all know them. You think that you're going to be able to somehow build this brand around yourself or build this team around yourself so you don't have to do any of the real heavy lifting in your business. You don't have to spend your nights and weekends out selling real estate. You believe that is true. You believe that your team, because you're a magical culture, because all these people are going to love, love, love you. You think those people are going to earn you, uh, tra- you know, thousands of transactions and trillions of dollars. Well, guess what? They might, but statistically, you won't make any profit from those deals because the amount of money you spent generating the business, the commission splits you have to pay, the amount of money you have to spend to just manage a business like that, all these other factors that enter into it that nobody tells you. So your goal of being aspirational, of building a real estate sort of brokerage team hybrid, was 
was noble. I'm not saying it wasn't. But if your goal is to make profit, if your goal is to make profit and then reinvest that profit in things that produce passive income for you so you can be rich, you shouldn't be even considering any of these big, huge team things. As the market starts to shift, the trend of big teams is cannot survive because those big teams are all predicated on buying their leads. Leads, as we've determined, buying buyer leads is an exercise in futility. All of those teams, where their profit comes from, research this yourself, comes from the listing side of the business, assuming they're even listing agents. Some of these brokerages and teams don't even try to take listings. They just focus on buyers. So if you look at the P&L, as I have hundreds of times, of big teams, you will see that the profit always comes from the list side. So the question I have for you is why don't you just work the list side of the business and then refer your buyer leads out and not have to basically deal with a bunch of buyer's agents and buying buyer leads? Why don't you, as someone who is smart enough to uh, you know, focus on scaling your business and building something large, why don't you build it around profit opposed to units? The industry wants you to build it around units. The industry wants you to build it around having a big team because the industry is going to benefit from you taking the responsibility of recruiting agents because then that helps, the, obviously, the brokerage and the brand you work for. The industry has also been, I think it could be argued, has been um, circumvented by all these technology companies who are now basically – when you go to seminars, I say this you know, frequently on our podcast, but it's really important you use your brain and you realize this. When you walk into a seminar and it said sponsored by Zillow, do you think they're going to be having conversations with you like I just did? No, they will not. So they're going to be talking about things that perpetuate the, the existing you know, entrenched model of buying leads, of distributing the leads to buyer's agents, of cultivating those leads. They're going to tell you these big stories about all these wonderful things that happen from having your own team and how it makes you feel really good because you're a team leader and you feel successful. These emotional conversations that they're having with you are designed to be manipulative. They're trying to appeal to your ego. See it for what it is. If your goal is to make the most profit in this industry, you have to focus your best, in, your best efforts every day on doing what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level and focus on being a listing agent. Your happiness will come on the other side of that. Yes, I get the fact that that means you're going to have to ignore the easy button. And I get the fact that the easy button is everywhere in your life. And you might be one of the people, like the coaching client I just took on who I was telling you about, who thinks that the easy button is the noble approach to life. You think finding life hacks and shortcuts is what smart people do. You think the word delegate means never learn how to do anything and try to find somebody else to always do the heavy lifting for you. You're wrong. You're never going to accumulate any wealth that way because you have not learned how to master anything. Oh, you have enough skill and talent to basically beat the odds and build some big profitable real estate team? Maybe you do. And when you do it, let me know because there's hardly any of them out there. Matter of fact, if you pay attention, you're going to hear the trend now. And I've had people on our podcast where I've interviewed who've had these really big teams and they were successful and everyone kissed their butt and they had the plaques and they had the awards and they had the big adulation. The industry would put them up on stage. But then they were smart business people 
over time, they realized, why did I get into this business? I got into this business to have financial freedom. This team and this entity, this path that I've been following, that I was told, led to believe, would get me to some golden promised land, isn't. And then they were willing to break away from the, you know, the diatribe that has become our industry about teams and all these other Mickey Mouse conversations. And they're to say, why did I get in this business originally? And that's where I want to end today's show. Why did you get into this business originally? To take shortcuts? To basically make it so that you'll never experience any sort of lasting success? Or did you get in this business because you want financial freedom, because innately you want to be of service to other people? Okay, are those two things true? So if those two things are true, then you have to live and die by the simple saying that we came up with a long time ago. Learn to master the mindset and the art form of doing what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level. And when you do that every day consistently, even when you don't want to do it, you're going to find the results that come over time. And by over time, it could take months. It could take years. But the results will be profound. And people will not know how you did it. So please, listeners, be honest with yourself. Where are you looking for shortcuts in your life? Think back in your own life and the things that you've labeled a mistake or a misstep. Don't you see that all of those things happen because you were trying to take a shortcut? Don't you see that all those things will happen again if you continue to try to act like that? And then you're going to wake up one day and you're basically going to, your best years are going to be behind you. And you're going to listen back to this podcast, maybe remember some of it in your head. And you're going to say, you know what, I wish I wouldn't have taken so many shortcuts. You know what? I wish I would have been willing to drill down and do what I didn't want to do when I didn't want to do it at the highest level. Guys, listen, that's what it's all about. And I realize that some of you are going to say or think, oh, my gosh, this isn't motivational. He's not telling me something. Okay, why is it that you're looking for something that's an incident hit of motivation? Why are you looking for that from me, from anybody? Because it's the easy button to feel good. It's the same thing. And that's what all these self-proclaimed motivational Tony Robbins speakers in our industry, that's why they do it. Because you're looking for that instant caffeine hit of, oh, my gosh, I feel better. That's not the way to build a real long-term business, guys. That's not the mindset you need to have. If there's anything we can do for you, please feel free to email me, Tim at TimAndJulieHarris.com. Have a fantastic day. We'll talk to you on the show tomorrow. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at TimAndJulieHarris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. And until next time, thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.